that I think plays the biggest part in my mental health because I think when you struggle so much, when I, you as a whole, struggle with mental health, I, I close off. Mm -hmm. I'm so <clears throat> self-absorbed, self-focused, and I can't really worry about anybody else. And, um, and so I am just beyond grateful to know this Kelly that gets to be a mom that I'm proud of and a daughter that I'm proud of and a wife. Um, and never in a million years did I think that I'd have to go through this to be there. Um, but I am, am so, so grateful for, for me, um, in 70 days. And I get, I'm learning more about myself as we're speaking and, um, uh, you know, I'm pretty damn cool and I like it. <laughs>
alone. So Kelly, I'm so excited to have you here today. Welcome to the Together Sober podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's very hard to hear the introduction from somebody else's mouth, I have to say. Um, but even though that is the truth. <laughs> it is. And it's interesting because um, listeners, you probably don't know this, but I actually ask the um, interviewers, interviewees to actually write their own intro. And I do it really deliberately um, because I take what they share with me, which is really personal. It's their own story. And I kind of change it to third person. And yeah, I get that feedback a lot. Like, oh, wow, I, I've not heard that kind of shared to me back in that way before. But um, I, I think there's so much just from this intro here, there's so much meat here in terms of just where your relationship to alcohol started from an early childhood beginnings to kind of keeping it under control, quote unquote, to ultimately, you know, reaching a point at which you realize you needed to take some action and address your relationship to alcohol. So, um, I'm excited to hear your story, Kelly. I'm going to hand the mic over to you and just wherever you feel is appropriate and wherever you'd like to begin, we can't wait to listen. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, hearing it from you uh, almost brings me back to like therapy days, thinking like, I don't think I've ever really talked to anybody about this other than a private um, session. And so it kind of actually brought tears, but it also makes me feel proud that I'm to this point um, and that letting people, I think the biggest thing as you talk about it, like, I just want people to know, like, if you know, in your heart, you're worried about something and you're ignoring it, like maybe you shouldn't. And, and that's the hardest part of all of this is you're, like you said, that normalizing, it made me feel okay to do wind down Wednesday, girls night Thursday, party with your friends on Friday. And next thing you know, you've been drinking all week. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's normal. That's fine. Um, and sure, some people can pull it off like it's fine. But in my heart, I'm, I felt like this, this needs to be addressed. And so that's why I want to speak to people of like, no, I'm not five years sober. I'm not 10 years sober. I wasn't, I didn't ruin my life. I didn't have a big event. I didn't go to rehab. You know, I don't fall into, like you had said once before, the, the category of addiction. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm excited to share and hope that it, even if it's one person, I would be happy that yeah. I can. Well, I love that because I think, you know, thinking about that mommy culture, mommy wine culture and everything like that, like we assume everybody's handling their own shit. And what we forget is like, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. We don't know what people are thinking behind closed doors. And so then we play that comparison game and assume ourselves that, well, there's nothing, you know, I shouldn't be concerned about this because everybody else is doing the same thing. Um, yeah. yeah. So. And I mean, I used to laugh about the, I, I had my own little rules, right? Like I don't drink by myself. I didn't wake up and drink the next morning. Like as long as I wasn't doing those things, yeah. I don't need to be worried. Right. Yeah. And then like my husband and I, we would wake up and he's like, no, really have a bloody Mary. I promise you, you'll feel so much better. And I'm like, dang, you're right. Like, yeah, Mary did save the day like mimosas yeah. like next thing you know I was doing brunch and I didn't have a nine to five anymore and so 
I really had no boundaries, no limits. Um, and it got scary. It really did get to a point where I reflected thinking, I haven't been sober for three, four, five, sometimes seven days. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wasn't, wasn't where I wanted to be. And mm-hmm. I found um, my mom actually started the Naked Mind group um, a year or two ago. And she was sober, sober for a year of like kind of watching her habits. Mm-hmm. And I remember going, it's not a big deal, mom. Like you're not, you don't have a problem. It's fine. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? And, um, but that alone raised my awareness mm. going, you know, you're right. Like my behaviors just took off really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found, I found a buddy and a best friend who happens to be my husband <laughs> we had a blast and we fed off each other. And, um, like I said, it just, it spiraled really quickly. Yeah. Uh, And so we did, you know, these last couple of years, we would do 28 days here, 45 days there and try to do the whole moderation game. Mm -hmm. Um, and found ourselves right back where we were. And that's when I finally admitted to the word addiction Mm. because, that pulled, it pulls you right back in. It, it doesn't care that you did 28 days. It doesn't care that you did 45. Once you get started, let's go again. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where, uh, 70 days today is the longest I have made it counting, um, in the last couple years. And what, uh, difference. I, I could read everybody's posts on, on there saying like, um, you know, just make it this far. You'll feel good. And, and you're in day like 20, like, nah, yeah, right. Like how right. can 20 be different than 70? Um, but it's true. It is so true that the longer I'm getting away from it, the m- more I'm learned every single day is something different. I'm learning. Wow. Um, Based, I, I feel like a, a, a elementary school kid learning all over again. I, you can go to a restaurant and not have a beer. And I even remember saying like, has that, was that even here the whole time? And they're mm. like, yeah, since I never even knew things around me in bars that we would go to, um, just everything in our everyday, my relationships are going through the roof. I mean, with my children, my husband, my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, realizing that I'm doing all the old things I used to do, you know, Mm -hmm. checking in with people actually worried about their appointments and how they're feeling and Mm -hmm. things that I didn't care about for a while, because we were more worried about where can we get our next drink? Where's our next party? Like our social calendar was full. Sure. But that's because we were going for the alcohol. Right. Right. You had a very clear motive. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I realized it until I stepped back Mm -hmm. and we've done, um, Christmas parties and Thanksgiving and new years and all the things that I actually feel like I'm walking away more about myself Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Hey, kind of like me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm not crying for days. I am not depressed. I'm not, you know, um, worried about what I said or who I pissed off. And um, 
man, I just, um, I don't, I'm with you. Like it started with 90 days. My husband and I decided 90 days because that falls right on his birthday. Mm -hmm. And, um, for the last, I'd say 10 days, I keep saying, why, why, why is that marker mean anything? What am I going to do with it? Why, Mm -hmm. why would I break this? And keeping this podcast really kept me accountable because I didn't, I actually really wasn't worried about drinking or falling off the wagon and like talking about it because in two years, in the times that we do stop and then go drink again, I've already been able to reflect on what all of that looks like. Mm -hmm. And it's same shit, different day. And I get tired of crying for three days, hating myself, the extra weight that you put on because you're bloated. Like I can already tell you if I drink tomorrow, what's going to happen. I don't want to do that to myself. Mm -hmm. I'm tired Mm -hmm. of hating myself and being mad. Why? Like, why would I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So for some context, I would love to hear a little bit about kind of your childhood introduction to alcohol via your father, it sounds like. And then sort of a little bit, would you be willing to share just a little bit of your journey then when you started drinking and then up until kind of what made you and your husband say, okay, we're going to do 90 days? Yeah. Um, Childhood was my father left when I was five or my parents got divorced um, and he was an alcoholic. And so he would see us a couple times a year and um, those couple times a year would turn into um, him fighting with my stepmom and yelling and throwing and and just never really any good um, memories. Mm-hmm. And he got sober when I was about 12 mm-hmm. um, and a wonderful man and in my life and it, it has a happy ending. Um, but because of that, I always said, I'm not drinking. Mm -hmm. I do not want to do that to anybody. I don't want to ever make anybody feel that way. Um, And then I always joke with my friends, like, I didn't start drinking until I was 25 and had five kids. I had, Mm -hmm. at that time, I had two stepdaughters and, um, and then I had three biological children of my own and a set of twins. So... (laughs) Hands full. Yes. Yeah. I felt like I had every right to relax. Uh-huh. Right. Like, um, then my friends would start coming over and we'd have beers and we'd do that. And that'd be fine. That's got me through my twenties and no, my ex-husband at the time wasn't a big drinker. So he, we never really did it much. We didn't, we didn't have a ton of money. So we didn't drink when we went out, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Then my thirties were primarily single. Um, mm-hmm and socializing and dating and all the things that come with that. Um, but I still was working a full-time job and sometimes more and trying to raise the kids. And so I still had kind of an accountable piece that, uh, sure. I felt like crap when I went in on Monday sometimes or had a random date, you know? Um, and then I met my husband in 2020, January, 2020. Um, at that time he was sober. Mm-hmm. And I rem- for about two years, and I remember thinking in my mind, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. I need somebody that do- isn't interested and I'm, I'm not going to be much of a partier. And mm-hmm. um, 
I, I hate making him feel like I put that on him, but I'm just saying it, it, when it comes to drinking, it, it's a thought that I remember having. I can a hundred percent relate to that. I met my husband in 2018 and I was in very active closeted addiction. And I remember a being terrified that he didn't drink. He's not sober, but he has like a beer a month kind of thing. Um, and I remember being terrified, like, Oh no, like, how is this going to work if he doesn't drink? And then B, the second thought was maybe he'll help me change. Right. Which we all know that's not how it works. And that is not how it worked for me. I still had plenty of active years of addiction in me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I totally get that sentiment. I I can relate to that a lot. And I kept remember thinking like, it felt weird when we would go out and he'd go, you can get a glass of wine. And I go, all right, like if you don't mind. And so then we instantly created the, it was okay for me to drink. I had a safe person. Like, I really think that's actually what made it get worse. Mm. Not again, no fault to him. It's addiction is a very personal thing, but clearly I think back now, clearly I thought there was already something in the works of addiction. If I was already thinking that being with him. Mm -hmm. And so I think I ignored it for longer than, um, you know, cause I played by my rules. I didn't yep. wake up and drink. I didn't drink by myself. I didn't sit at a local bar with, you know, the locals getting hammered. Like those were, I wasn't an alcoholic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, my husband, we went out, we went out to Mexico actually to a resort. It's all you can drink. You're safe. You can't drive. And, um, man, we just had a time of our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's when we realized we, um, we do this together and, mm-hmm. um, fed off of each other really. And, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of health and I've, I've lost 60 pounds in the last five years, you know, that I've wow. kept off and, um, alcohol doesn't play into that role. Yeah. Uh, I've read a million times that alcohol um, stops your body, the ability to burn fat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kept saying like, we gotta, we gotta tone this down, you know, cause he, he's active like me. We go hiking, we go biking, mm-hmm. we, um, you know, we walk every night. I mean, we work out, it's great. Like, but then you enjoy one too many beers and it's almost like a wash. It, mm-hmm. it, um, so we, all these different times that we'd quit, um, we we're trying to lose weight and we did our little like 90 day challenges, mm-hmm. um, you know, and friends would have us over and now I'm kind of, um, I don't, I don't want to fall back into what we fell into all of those times that we mm-hmm. tried. I, mm-hmm. I call that trying. That was, we were doing good. In my opinion, we, we, we did moderate, but the times we still laugh about like, Sure, we didn't drink for 28 days, but on day 29, we drank like sure and made up for it. <laughs> yeah. Clear you, so I know a lot of people can probably relate to this cycle, I guess we can call it, of um really intentionally trying to manage your alcohol consumption, it sounds like. Can you speak to your experience? So, like every time you did a a break or a cleanse or whatever you called it and then started using again and then took a break again, that cycle. Can you share were any differences every time you started to drink again? Did you notice any progression or any changes or? Um, 
No, I mean, it was, it was a, no, it, it was a go hard, do hard. It, the thing that I did notice that caused me to kind of reflect more and more and more mm-hmm. was typically the re the, the recoveries, the, the hangovers, the depression, mm. the, what did I, holy shit, what did I do last night? Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And so even though I don't have like a specific thing that, that caused me to want to go sober longer, it was the accumulation. Like you said, yeah. the, the cycle of mm-hmm. nothing's changing. I am getting housed and I'm recovering and I'm getting housed and I'm recovering and I'm getting yeah. housed. But what I think the biggest part was when I reflected on how many days we drank in a row. Mm-hmm. When I started paying attention to the breaks and the starts was the time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, the, when I look back and I go, really, we just didn't drink for two days and we're at it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cycling of, I personally think the more I drank, uh, the more depressed I got. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't tested that theory since the last round. Cause the last round was, that was it for me. But, yep. uh, I mean, I was embarrassingly calling people to take me to rehab. Mm. And I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't keep drinking as I'm actively drinking on the phone, mm-hmm. asking somebody to help me. Yeah. Uh, that enough was like, this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. This is not who I am. This is not, I am a very happy person and yeah. I have fun. And who was that? And it very embarrassingly, my friend picked me up and I'm drinking in her car on the way to what we thought was rehab. And, um, I embarrassed myself enough that I don't want to do that ever again. And, yeah. and to even say this out loud to other people that weren't a part of it is, um, super embarrassing. Um, and I hope that people realize that these are all the things that people shove under a rug. Mm-hmm. It, it's happening in my opinion, it's happening to a lot of people that you have no idea. Uh, they're just not sharing it. And so to me, um, I spent countless money on therapy and therapists. And I asked him like, you know, I need an addiction counselor. Like I need, I need help. I need help. I need help. And I have yet to talk to anybody in 70 days because I don't feel sad. I don't feel like, Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like I can almost process everything on my own. I'm, my husband's very logical. So if I can't, he can pretty much get. (laughs) Well, no, what you say makes a lot of sense and certainly not to dissuade anybody from not seeking therapy or help because that's always such a wonderful resource. But what I'm hearing you say is like you, first of all, therapy does no good if your brain is distorted, if you aren't feeding your brain properly, or if you're poisoning your brain. And to me, what I'm hearing is the poison was removed from your brain. And it's not that you don't have the problems or the things you need to address. It's that now you're strong enough and clear-minded enough to address them without that formal kind of setup, right? Right on. Perfect. Yep. Pinpoint. Yeah. 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 And, and of course, and therapy has been great, but was I being honest with them on the cycles of drinking? 
And, and even if I were like, how do they help you just when you're under the influence? Mm -hmm. There's really no, like, to me, there's no happy medium. And, and I've told, you know, a few of my close friends of, this is why I don't drink. It, it affects me in a way that maybe it doesn't affect other people, but mm-hmm. um, I can have a binge for whether that be a day or three days. And my mental recovery is very long mm-hmm. um, and, and it, and it's terrible for the people around me. Mm-hmm. It, it's sadness and anger and nothing gets done. And it's, um, it's a person who I'm not proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a night of drinking or partying, it's just, not worth it. it's just not worth it. And talking, you know, to other family members and people that I know that, um, I'm influencing people by what I'm doing just in my own little circle. Yes, and, um, I have some that are, uh, I'm just trying to get started again. I just got to pick that, you know, that day one and I, I got to find when I'm ready and I'll do it when I'm ready. And I understand all of it and I don't blame anybody me personally, I don't want to have to make that decision of February 1st, I'm going to be sober. Um, March 1st, I'll be sober. Yep. I'll start on this day. Making that decision every single time almost makes it worse because mm-hmm. here it is, you know, end of January, let's go hard. Cause February 1st is it, man. We're kicking off. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, uh, for me personally, those cycles were, um, brutal. They yeah. are, brutal. yeah. Uh, but also, um, I'm thankful for them, and that's where my husband and I are on different pages in in our what we feel like um, an issue or isn't an issue, right? Like we don't like to say like we're alcoholics and we're mm-hmm. we went to rehab and now we're sober, like even if that is the truth, that's (laughs) right now, it's still a little harsh for us, but, um, we really are helping each other and it is very helpful having somebody in my corner and understanding. And, um, and he's, he's a rock star because the days that I'm down, he's up and the days that Mm -hmm. I'm up, he's down. And, um, what I always think like coulda, woulda, would I really have done this without him? Is Mm -hmm. this, this is meant to be. And, um, you know, we, we, I think we're at a point where we, I read a lot about this, where you grieve your Mm -hmm. alcoholic self. And I, I think we're kind of at that point where sometimes we're like, Hey, you know, I kind of miss like the letting loose, the more fun. And, um, well, it's an identity that I think people often forget that so you you drank from 25 to 40 right that's a significant portion of your life so I feel like it warrants a, a feelings of loss and feelings you know of grief because that is when you identify as a certain type of person who does a certain type of thing and then only 70 days later versus 15 years right you know yeah. Um, so I think it's, I think it's only natural that we would grieve that. And as, as long as we are continually reminding ourselves of, you know, why it is we're continuing forward. Mm -hmm. And I love that you kind of, you and your husband 
you said it's a bit harsh to to say alcoholic. And I think it's funny because in some people that I speak with an interview and are on the podcast announcing and saying out loud, I'm an addict, I'm an alcoholic is what they need to feel liberated. And then for some people, it's the exact opposite, right? And I think it just goes to show it doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) It goes back to that like title. Like, yeah, here's what a title is. You can call it what it is, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because every, you know, as I was telling people, I'm like, oh, I'm going on, you know, the sober podcast. And they're like, sober podcast. And I'm like, well, yeah, we haven't drank for, you know, XYZ days. And and every, that's as far as the conversation goes. It's very, very interesting. Other than like, um, you know, people who obviously know my journey and all that, but for yeah. the most part, you know, it just stops there, uh, makes people really think about theirs. And I, I think one of the biggest things, and, and you, one of your questions was a biggest lesson, and I don't know that you can ever zone it down to one, yeah. but I think in the very beginning the two weeks, even my mom said, you know, she's like my best friend. I talk all the time. And she's like, those two weeks were really tough for you. And I said, they, they really were like, I've, I've stopped. I don't know how many times, but why this time were those two weeks really tough? And you know, what it was different for me was I joined the pod or the Facebook groups, Mm -hmm. a a couple of them actually, Mm -hmm. I reached out to an addiction counselor. I did, you know, I was taking like way more steps than I normally do. Mm -hmm. I was looking for AA groups. I was looking for help in any avenue. I was just trying to fill my basket so that I wouldn't screw up. But that in turn made it harder because it was all in my face all the time. All I ever thought about was sobriety, not drinking. I'm not going out tonight. What's everybody doing? And once I finally let that go Mm -hmm. and and just said, live my life, my God, you know, um, sorry, I trailed off, but what I was looking at getting it there was the normalcy that our society has with alcohol. And that's what was in my face in those two weeks, I would go to the grocery store, you know, Costco. And I'm like, since when did they sell wine? I know it's been a while, but of course I just see it more now. Sure. And- I'd go to the sandwich shop and they have, they're serving alcohol at a sandwich shop. Like it's literally everywhere. And everybody makes it sound like after work, have a hard day, come have a beer, let's hang out. And Mm. I just could not get over how society just thinks that this is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, It made it that much harder for me to, um, and still to this, I mean, we're still talking about like, Um, how are we going to hang out with our friends if we're not going to go to a bar or, you know, we're trying to eat healthy. So we're like, we laugh, like we're not eating sugar. We're not going to the bar. We're not eating out. Like how boring are we? Do we hide at home? Yeah. So what, that's such a great point because I I know a lot of people struggle with that idea of, will I lose my social life? Will I ever have fun again? What have you and your husband's strategy been over the past 70 days? And do you think it, it will evolve moving into the future? It's a really good question. And I'm grabbing at other people with sobriety for ideas constantly. Um, Social life definitely goes down a little bit, but we still had the holidays. So we were still invited to a bunch of things that we were normally invited to. Yep. And we 
we went and there were times we made mocktails. There were times that um, we didn't. And there were times that we'd get home going, you know, we really called it like three hours earlier than we normally would. Um, But we woke up feeling good and um, we are, it's been really hard because we're hikers and we can't really hike right now with the snow on the ground. Yeah. You know, but we do spin classes and gyms and um, social life has been a little more difficult, but we went out, you know, we go out of town. We went and visited family and um, New Year's Eve, I actually was really, really sick, surprisingly. And I felt like I didn't even have to challenge myself to a party. It's kind of a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. So we we lucked out there, but um, and I'm not much of a TV watcher and he is. And so to be totally honest with you, we, we do struggle with that a lot mm-hmm. because I've, um, I've done 2000 piece puzzles. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm col- I'm, I like to color, you know, we walk a ton and, but between the two of us, we have five kids and we've been spending a lot of time with them and they keep us busy. And, um, it's, it is, it's, it's different. We, we did even go with our local friends to see a band one time, um, at a bar. And I remember him and I were like, I said, I liked it. Cause I liked the music, but yeah. that it was really hard for him, uh, to be there without ordering something. He felt bad for the waitress. Cause he's like, this is her job. And that's how she makes money. And we're not really helping her and <laughs> by mm-hmm. taking her table and not ordering anything. So, um, you know, we, we keep trying, keep trying different things and, um, looking up, I've seen there where there's all these different, like, um, yoga classes and dancing classes. And so we're going to keep plugging away. (laughs) Well, I love that honest answer that you're kind of just like, we're experimenting. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it sounds like you were quite social before. (laughs) Um, and so it just, I, I, I appreciate that honest answer because I think if the answer was, Oh, it's great. It's fine. Everything's the same. I have so much fun. Um, that sets like false expectations for people. Um, I would love for you to share. Um, so, uh, Kelly is a member of the together sober Facebook community. That's I think how we connected. I'm not actually sure, (laughs) but, um, offline before we started recording, she shared with me a really cool story about making a connection. And I don't know if you'd be open to sharing that. Yeah. I I won't share her name because I actually didn't ask her if it was okay. (laughs) Um, you had posted, where's everybody from? And I listed Denver and uh, somebody reached out to me and said, Hey, we just moved to Aurora, which is 15, 20 minutes from each mm-hmm. other. She's, um, would you want to hang out sometime? And we just totally hit it off and have a ton of common interest. And she does Peloton at her house and I go to spin classes and I said, Hey, I get free classes. Why don't you meet us over there? And we hung out, um, her and her husband and my husband and I for, gosh, it had to have been four or five hours. And we all just hit it off. And she's been um, really great because uh, her her sober journey is a little different. And she has been going for, I think, a year. She's It's quite a while. Um, and, and same thing with them. They don't really know if it's a forever. But right now, that's um, what a great support. And so to me, we're both kind of excited about what else could we get going in Denver Mm -hmm. and Denver's huge. We can't be the only ones, you know? Um, 
and how could we all get together and do something? Um, and so her and I are kind of exploring that idea and we'd like to get that out there that uh, especially me, anybody can reach out to me. I love um, one, helping people to like um, hanging out and, and understanding what people have been through. And uh, I do feel like it is a little different people who drink and people who don't. Yeah. Just, yeah. It just is. Um, and so to build that, that network for myself is huge. Um, and so I'm very thankful to the Facebook group and, and to her for being so, um, blunt. I don't, I don't know that, you know, I love that people reach out and if we would do that more often, we'd build a great community. Well, that's incredible. And I'm, first of all, I'm so grateful that the platform was able to connect you guys. And I think it's also just a good example of when you are shifting your lifestyle, because it does change. Like we're not just going to pretend like everything's the same when you get sober, that it does take active work um, and effort to make these new connections. Um, But when you do put in the effort, like look what happens. Um, So I think that's so cool. I will share as well, because this is, um, this is actually a global movement. It's called Sober Movement. And we're coming up on our um, one year anniversary. And so we have ambassadors in every major city in the United States and some in Canada right now. Um, And so there's a Sober in Denver um, representative that hosts live in-person events. So I will hook you up with her. Um, I'm the Sober in Fort Collins gal. Um, (laughs) But she she hosts like live sober um, events. So I think that's you know, another great way if you're looking to try to make some new connections, um, sober movement is, uh, they're mostly active on Instagram and you can find your local kind of city wherever you are. That's awesome. Uh, So yeah. And I do remember her and I had a conversation of like, what do we do? I think that was one of the first things I asked Mm -hmm. her and she was like, yeah, my, I'm more of a homebody now. Like never saw myself being like that. I was super social and and she said, I, but I'm actually okay with it, yeah. uh, but, you know, because I'm, you know, it's different. It's different. Yeah. Well, you get, you know, a lot of the times when we're drinking so many of us, especially towards the end, we're, we're drinking to, to hide or withdraw or mask or numb something. And it's because we're not comfortable in our own skin. We're not comfortable, you know, being, alone. Um, and so in sobriety, when you do a lot of the mindfulness work and you do a lot of the work on yourself in sobriety, you become comfortable just in your own skin and being by yourself and just kind of that slower paced, um, way of life where 70 days ago that seemed unimaginable maybe. Um, so. I mean, it's exciting. If I, if I could go back to my old self and say, like, just get started. Like if there's a motto I could live by, just get started. And it's funny because my mom used to say that when I was a kid, right? Doing the dishes, cleaning your room, doing chores, just get started and it will take off. And yeah. um, that's that's how I feel about this too. We just, uh, we had to get started and it's uh, it's been really great. I don't, uh, I'm sure my husband's story would be totally different and how he feels, <laughs> but I am enjoying it and um, I'm loving it. And I'm, 
I'm actually really enjoying just looking at life in, in different lenses mm-hmm. uh, to be able to go home and say, I remember that. I remember those people. I remember their faces. Like they're cool people. They're sweet people. Like um, to remember all of these interactions that I'm having is yeah. uh, in itself amazing. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that. Just get started. And, you know, it's funny, we're celebrating 70 days for you today, but I think it's also important to note that you got started long before 70 days. Like you were already experimenting. You had some awareness you were taking, even if you were taking a break for fitness reasons, quote unquote, like there was still some awareness there in that journey. So it's, it's very true. Just get started. I think aligns nicely with just that idea of just 1% better. Like just, you don't have to be fully sober tomorrow, but what can you do just on a tiny level? Have one less drink tonight, right? That counts. Like that's getting started. That's making progress. And really just being aware is good. Mm -hmm. You know, being aware of, and I had some of our really good friends, um, say the same thing to me. I think it was like day 30 something, And they said, we just wanted to thank you because we kind of dialed back as well and took a a look at our lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was amazing. You know, I just, I'm happy for them as well. Um, Sure, they're not sober 70 days, nor are they counting their days, but they dialed back and that's healthy too. Yeah. So getting started. So I'm curious to hear from you because this started off as, like a 90 day potential break from alcohol. How are you feeling with that kind of day coming up? Do you, do you know what's going to happen after the 90 days? How are you feeling? It's really tough because we had a, um, taking a break back in September. Um, and, uh, Halloween is a really big time for us. It's big for our, um, our company and we, we throw a great event. And I remember saying like, I'm not going to drink then because I'm just feeling so good. And then I was faced with it and I uh, lost, right? For lack of a better word, I, I, I wasn't strong enough that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I keep saying lessons, that was a lesson that happened to now I'm back in that same situation. Yeah just a different day. Mm -hmm. And so I'm on that same mindset of like, no, I'm feeling so good. I Mm -hmm. just mentally, right? Like mentally, I just wish there was a better way to let people know, like it's, you're not seeing me get skinnier. Like you're not seeing things changing physically. It's just here. And it, I, I wish there was a better way to gauge that. And I have to remember that. And I think that's why I'm here. Um, I think that's why I've met my new friends. That's why all of these steps are leading me towards reminding me why I don't want that day one again. Yeah. Um, so it is very hard um, to answer that question because um, I've also talked to, I've been seeing people post in January that, oh, I made it 90% sober for the year or 95 mm. or 85. And all of a sudden I looked, thought for a minute. In fact, I told my husband this this morning and I said, I never thought about a percentage. Mm-hmm. Like I, 90 is pretty damn good. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's like an A. a. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm like, but wait, like I did some math and like one, two times a month. And like, how would I really pick those times? Would I really be strong enough? There's just a bunch of questions that go with it. And so, um, we've, 
we, my husband and I have talked a lot about all or nothing. And, and sometimes I feel like that all or nothing is honestly easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Cause I don't have exact facts or, or part of my life, but um, yeah, I, uh, I would, I would really be sad to see you, you know, in six months and say, I, I, I didn't make it. I fell. And, um, and that's more of a prideful thing for myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would never want to share that either. So right now I'm, I'm still like, Team Kelly, like we're going to crush this. I love that. No, that's such an honest answer. And I think just as you pointed out that the lesson that you took from the Halloween celebration, if in 90 days, Kelly needs to learn another lesson, then that's just part of your journey and that's part of your path. And it's another lesson that, that you need to learn, um, on your journey. And I think that's, I think, Oftentimes I I have a a love hate relationship with counting days because in in some ways it sets us up for success because it holds us accountable. But on the flip side, if we quote unquote fail or don't meet that deadline or the number of days that we were going for, then it sets us up for a cycle of shame and guilt that is, you know, so, so horrific and hard to get out of. Um, so I have a tough time with the days just because I know if it doesn't go in our favor, the ramifications can be brutal. And I talked to, I can't remember somebody at some point and they said, well, it sounds like you're just like powering through sure Mm. 90 days. I'm going to get to 90 days. I'm just going to power through to 90 days. And like anybody, like you put your mind to it, you can do it. Right. So it's just 90 days, 90 days, 90 days. And but for me, you're right. That's kind of where the number's at. Like mm-hmm. I'm proud of the number, but yet did I set myself up for failure to say never? Did mm-hmm. I set myself up for failure if I said 90% or mm-hmm. I said 90 days or putting any cap on that? Um, you know, my husband and I talk about that even with weight loss. If I said, I, I really want to lose, you know, five pounds this month, um, was that too far-fetched knowing that it was Christmas? Like you should, I've said three, three pounds and then I would realistic expectations. Yeah. 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 Kind of falls into the same. Um, and so my new, uh, together sober friend said the same thing. She said, what, uh, what are you guys looking at in 90 days? And I said, um, I am happy and proud to say, I just don't know. Um, because I don't want to, um, make, I don't want to make myself think it's okay to drink, but I also don't want to be really upset with myself. Get yourself up for devastating. Yeah. I get, uh, get pretty down on myself. So, um, together as a team and, and I'm so proud of my husband. We originally, we did, you know, 30 days, 40 days, the longest we had ever made it to this point was 45. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the very beginning, I kept saying, what are we doing with this? Like, where are we going? I need, I need a goal. I need a something. And he just kept saying, I I don't know, like, we're just doing it right. Like, and I remember the day of sitting in the car when he said, we're going to try to make it 90. Mm. I went, all right. Okay. Let's do this. I'm in, let's do it. Like, that excitement tells you something. The fact that you're like excited for that. I was, I think I was excited one for myself, but also two, like, I felt like he was invested as well. Like it didn't feel like I was telling him to stop drinking or that he was telling me to stop drinking. That felt that I don't know what it was about that Mm -hmm. decision felt very, um, equal. We were doing this together. Mm. Um, 
And so, and so it, it kind of reminds me that maybe it's time for him to be us to sit back and go, okay, what is going to happen at 90 days? Yeah. And, and maybe make a decision as a team or uh, yeah. side, but um, well, I yeah. think it's amazing. You have each other. And I, the quote that keeps coming to mind is Annie Grace's quote. And she likes to describe herself as drinking as much as she likes when she likes with who she likes, that amount just happens to be zero. Uh, and I love that, you know, um, because it's, it's, again, you're not pinning yourself up against a wall or holding yourself to an unrealistic or what you feel is an unrealistic expectation. Like newly sober people have so much imposter syndrome, have so many limiting beliefs, you know, that we can even pull this off. And so I think softening whatever we can do to make things easier for ourselves. Like the journey is hard enough as it is. We don't need to add extra things to make it even harder. Um, so if it's softening language or not using titles or whatever it is, that's going to make that journey just a little bit easier for ourselves is in my opinion, just so worth it. Why wouldn't you do that? So, and you know, honestly, like I, I didn't talk much about it, but it's a big part of our life as well as our children. Mm -hmm. And, um, my, I have teenage boys now and, um, I grew up in a family that it's okay to have wine at Thanksgiving and dinner when you're 16 and up. And, um, I brought that on with them as well. And, and then in the last year, um, a couple of times my kids would go, well, mom's drunk. She doesn't care. Mom, mom's drunk again. Like, mm-hmm. um, or even just a simple of what you're having a beer. Like they were keeping track of me mm. and that crushed, it crushed me, crushed me. And so that's what I told my husband is that's big, a bigger part of like, sure. They're 14 and 17. They know, uh, right from wrong. And, but if they experiment and, and to me it builds, I think Annie Grace says it in her book about, how your uh, behavior changes with alcohol mm-hmm. through the years and the earlier you start the, you know, and mm-hmm. so now I'm to a point where I'm, I want to educate my children on, you know, genetics, family history, problems that they could come up with. And um, that's what I tried to do through fitness and showing them healthy eating. Why wouldn't I do that with alcohol and addiction? Yeah. Break the cycle. That's the only yeah. way to end addiction, right. Is to break the generational cycle. Children will, and our little one is a six, but then the 11 year old as well. And, and to make comments about, you know, uh, our parents are drinking and partying again, we can kind of do what we want. And um, raising our kids has changed even in 70 days, we're present, we're here, they're seeing a a difference and that's important too. And so um, again, I'm kind of speaking to myself that I could go back and listen to this to remind myself why. I don't want to get back to where we were. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this will definitely be here as a tool for a lot of people, but also for you, especially one last question for you, Kelly, in your, I'm going to limit it to the 70 day journey. I know your journey is a lot longer, but in the past 70 days, what would you say you've been the most grateful for? Um, I love this piece and it's, it's a great question. And for some reason it feels really emotional right now, but I am so thankful to know the sober me, the sober me is somebody I'm proud of. 
somebody I want to be, somebody I want to show off, somebody that I hope my kids are proud of, my husband is proud of. Um, I am so grateful for that. And your original question said addiction slash mental. And that I think plays the biggest part in my mental health. Cause I think when you struggle so much, when I, you as a whole struggle with mental health, I, I close off. Mm -hmm. I'm so self-absorbed and self-focused and I can't really worry about anybody else. And, um, and so I am just beyond grateful to know this Kelly that gets to be a mom that I'm proud of and a daughter that I'm proud of and a wife. Um, and never in a million years did I think that I'd have to go through this to be there. Um, but I am, am so, so grateful for, for me, um, in 70 days. And I get, I'm learning more about myself as we're speaking and, um, you know, I'm, pretty damn cool. And I like it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, we are really excited to meet the real Kelly and the authentic Kelly. And you have really put yourself out there in this conversation um, to be vulnerable and authentically you and with all the question marks and who knows of the future. And I can't thank you enough for, for being that person today, because again, that's those question marks and that true authentic self is oftentimes those thoughts and those questions that are kept behind those closed doors that we talked about at the beginning. And so I'm so grateful for you to bringing them to the surface because we know that, you know, you're not the only one thinking in this way and you're not the only one that missed your true self. Um, and your true calling. So thank you so much for showing up in the way that you did today. Kelly, if people wanted to, you know, learn more about you, follow your, they, everybody's going to now want to know what's going to happen in 90 days. Like <laughs> what, what's the best way for people to stay in touch with you? <laughs> I would lo- I, that's a good accountability, actually. That's great. So uh, yeah, definitely find me on the Together Sober and Phil, Kelly Bishop and feel free to uh, message me at any time. And um I would, I would love to help anybody talk to anybody. And I always see people reaching out for, they fell back off the wagon or this or that. And I, uh, my heart just goes out to them. And I feel like sometimes I don't have the right words. Um, <clears throat> but I would love to be a resource if, if somebody was like, damn, man, I messed up. And, um, any suggestion that, you know, it's, um, reach out. I'd love to help and welcome to do that. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So yes, Kelly is, as we've mentioned a few times, a member of the Together Sober Facebook community. This podcast is now holding her accountable. (laughs) So we'll be looking forward to a 90-day update from her in the group as well. But Together Sober listeners, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for always showing up. If you love this episode, please rate and review. That's the only way that we can continue to organically grow to help more and more people by sharing the mission of Together Sober podcast. So thank you again. And you will hear from us next week. Take care.
Thank you so much for listening today. If you liked it, please do not forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. This is the only way we can spread the mission of Together Sober to help individuals find lasting sobriety and mental peace. If you didn't like it, don't even worry about it. You're like totally fine. 